episode number 63. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for tuning in today. So today is episode number 63, which is a multiple of seven. And on this podcast, every seven episodes, I take a stop and pause from sharing stuck stories going on in my world or stuck stories from my book. And instead, I share something else with you that is related to the world of getting unstuck in some way. Today, I would like to share with you a book that I recently read and the transformative effect it had on my life. But before I do, I'd like to read you an email that I just received minutes before recording this week's podcast. It comes from Kat from New Orleans. She wrote, Hi, Shira. My name is Kat. I just bought your journal companion book to help me with some feelings that I have been stuck on. I find that it's really helpful. I have begun a new relationship about four months ago, and in recent weeks, the man I have been dating has been going through some tough times at work and has been a bit distant. He also has not been able to spend as much time with me lately. Due to the many heartbreaks in my past, I found myself stuck on this feeling that he did not want to talk or see me anymore. I got myself so worked up over anxious thoughts that everything was over or that I ruined it all somehow. I have been anticipating all these bad things that I think could happen and ways he might hurt me, even though I have been given no reason to believe they will. I am using your journal to help me develop patience and calm as I continue with this person. It's helping me gain perspective and focus on me. Thank you. So first of all, thank you, Kat, for writing to me and for giving me permission to share this on the podcast. When listeners share their stories with me and allow me to broadcast them on the podcast, I truly believe it continues to offer encouragement and hope for anyone who listens to this podcast to believe that they too can get unstuck. Yes, it requires a little effort, but actually not as much as most people would believe. And yes, it requires a tool. So acquiring the stuck method in your life is key. But once you have it, It can become a part of your daily life as you self-coach yourself through any difficult situation. So thank you, Kat, again, and I'm grateful to hear how much the Companion Journal is helping you. Okay, so this week's episode is about a book, and let me tell you how I even got to this book, and then I will share with you what the book is and how it changed my life and my house and my community. So this past August, a new family moved into our community. This family had just moved to Israel from North Carolina, just in time to put their twins, who are the same age as my youngest child, into school. And so because of that connection, I met this family. The wife's name is Netta. And up until about a few months ago, she and I have had a few nice interactions, but nothing really big. We hadn't really become friends, you could say. And then a few months ago, someone in one of my past mindful eating groups that lives here in my community 
asked if I would consider starting another mindful eating group soon because she had been feeling a little bit off and she wanted to get back on a good path. And I responded yes, as I always do to people who reach out to me to ask me to lead any group relating to getting unstuck. And then I thought about Netta, who I heard had a lot of experience with food cleanses. And so I said to this woman, maybe this time I'll ask Netta if she'll be willing to lead us in a group. I asked because I'm also interested in food cleanses myself, and I'm always interested to learn from other professionals and other colleagues in my field, and Netta agreed. So I got to know Netta during this seven-day chakra cleanse, which was something entirely new to me. And during this cleanse, she came over to my house several times for different reasons. On one of those occasions, the house was a mess when she arrived. She came over spontaneously, and I wasn't prepared for a visitor, and the house was like upside down. The living room had pillows all over the floor. The dining room table had papers all over it. The kitchen had pretty much every piece of equipment out, and the sink was full of dishes. It was pretty embarrassing. And in my desire to get unstuck from embarrassment, I try to pride myself on the one area of the house which is always clean and is always in order, my office. So I took her over to the office, which I call an office, but really it's just a table set up in the corner of some empty space in a hallway near the entrance to my house, really. And I really pride myself about that space. I had a whiteboard set up on the wall in front of me so I could see what was on my plate for the coming week and the coming month. I had a push pin board hanging on my left where there were important papers that I hung. And to me, it just felt like a really safe and very comfortable place that I had control over the cleanliness and the orderliness of it. And so I was proud and I showed it to her. And her reaction kind of stunned me. She smiled, and then she asked me a question. She said, how supported are you feeling right now with your work? Huh? I was like, what what the heck is she talking about? How supported do I feel? In what way? Why was she asking this? So I stumbled for an answer. I really didn't know how to answer because I really didn't even understand the question, to be frank. And she noticed that I was stumbling, and she immediately clarified. She said that she noticed that I was sitting basically in a hallway, and there was no back behind me, like there was no wall or no bookcase or nothing to, quote unquote, protect me, which is why she was wondering how supported I felt at work. So my immediate thought process went to like, okay, this lady is a little bonkers. What the heck is she talking about? (laughs) But I allowed her to continue. And as she continued talking, she noticed the room next to where my office is, which is where my husband works. And now my husband is a builder, and he is out of the house most of the day. But in the evening, he comes home and he works on the computer in this room. And then Netta asked me, you work all day from home, right? And your husband only works a couple of hours each day from home, right? You lead classes, you coach people from your office, right? You know what I'm thinking, right? And I told her I honestly wasn't following her thought pattern one bit. (laughs) And she said that 
she thought that I, I should switch working places with my husband, that for the hour or two that he needs to sit at the computer every day, that he should take my workspace, and that I should take the room because I need both the feeling of an office, but also the privacy when I work with clients. Up until now, the truth of the matter is, when I was working with clients online, I had to do it outside of the house, in a private room, in a library. I couldn't offer those private sessions in the way that my office was set up until now. So I asked my husband if he wouldn't mind doing the switch, and he was open to it. What this five-minute interaction led to was a revolution in my house that started with swapping workspaces with my husband to pretty much revamping the entire house. So Netta, who I call an intuitive healer, but her clients call her the home whisperer, taught me concepts of order and minimalism. When I said that she helped me swap workspaces with my husband, it was actually way, way, way more than that. There was a certain method to her madness. Of course, it wasn't madness. It was actually genius. The first thing that she did was she went into my husband's office and she thanked the space for all that it has provided him and our family over the years. Yes, literally, she spoke out loud to the room. (laughs) Did I think she was a little crazy? Well, yes, maybe. A part of me definitely did. But I also really enjoyed watching her process. And I was totally intrigued. So after this gratitude ceremony, she started removing everything from my husband's space. And of course, I was right beside her helping one by one. And then we did this, of course, for my working space. And we didn't just take down stuff from the walls and out of my desk and then move them to a new workspace. Instead, we systematically took down and out everything from each of those spaces. And one by one, we questioned when we were ready to bring them back into the space, if it was something that was needed in that room, if it was, where was the most appropriate home for it? Netta explained to me that every physical thing in this world should have a home. And if it doesn't have a home, it doesn't belong in that space. Anyway, after removing everything and determining whether it was something that was needed in that room or not, we cleaned the room. We cleaned the floors, we cleaned the shelves, we cleaned the walls. And then we started to move the things back in. But again, we did it from a very intentional place. For instance, in the room where my husband worked, there was the family bookshelf. The bookshelf at that point was overflowing with books. It was a complete mess. And during the part of taking everything out, we also took out the bookshelf itself. And when I started to bring it back in, Netta had a brilliant idea of turning the bookshelf on its side. Can you imagine what a bookshelf looks like? And then turning it on its side. And we basically used it as a long, narrow table to beautify the room. And in the places where there would have been books, We put my yoga mats and everything else in the quote-unquote family of my business. See, one of the things that Netta taught me during this house cleanse was that everything not only has a home, but everything that belongs together should stay together. So my yoga mats, which you would have found in the living room of my house, under the steps going up to the second floor, and in about every closet of my house, 
she said was not giving honor to the yoga mats that I use to teach my classes and my retreats. She said that all of the yoga mats should be gathered together and should stay together in one room. And that room should be my office. By the way, I took many before and after pictures of this process, and I have posted it on my Facebook page, which is Shiragura, Getting Unstuck with the Stuck Method. So if you haven't yet seen my page or you haven't liked it yet, please head over there on Facebook and look at all the photos of this transformation. It is awesome. Okay, so once the bookshelf that was overflowing with books is now standing on its side, holding my yoga mats, and it's being used as a table to hold some precious photos of me and my family, in addition to a Tibetan bowl and a plant and an essential oil diffuser. I also have a desk that is not facing a wall, and it's not facing a corner as it was with my husband's office, but it's a desk that's now facing the entrance to my new office. There happened to be closets in my office because this was an old bedroom. And the closets at this point, they're not filled with papers and clothing and bedding that should belong in other people's rooms. The closets are now holding one shelf, just one of my most favorite books. There is a shelf of a a box of my CDs. There's another shelf of a box of my books. There's another shelf that has materials that I use on my retreats, like some markers and watercolors and some paint. And on the very top shelves are some candles. The closets are not bare, but they are not overflowing. And when I open the closets and I see pictures hanging on the inside of the doors, I feel happiness and calm and joy. If you compare my workspace to what my husband's office looked like, It looks like an entirely different room. I didn't even bring with me the whiteboard and the pushpin board because Netta suggested they are not necessary to have out all of the time. And rather, I should have other things on the walls that inspire me, like photos or pictures. My husband's new workspace, by the way, also looks entirely different. Behind him, where before there was nothing, is now a half bookshelf with a minimal amount of books that he chose to be put on them. And on the top shelf, which is about waist high, there's a plant and some photos of the family. So that back is my husband's new back, basically, in his office. And it represents the support that he has from us, his family, and from the wisdom of the books that he has chosen. In addition to that, he has two scenic photos on the walls that make him feel happy. So this episode that I wanted to share with you is not just about me finding a new workspace and my husband settling into his. It was the transformative effect of that process of ordering and decluttering that my workspace had on my life. First of all, once I felt the effects it had on me and my work, I wanted to continue doing this on my own for the rest of the house. And I did. The living room, the kitchen, I don't really have time to go into it here, but basically I turned my whole house upside down. I ordered it, I decluttered it, and now it looks entirely different because I got rid of about 30 trash bags of stuff, and I am not exaggerating. 30 trash bags at least. Papers, old toys, old clothing, old shoes, stuff that I've been holding on to forever, I just finally gave away. 
My kids noticed how the house was changing, and they said that they wanted some of this too for their bedrooms. So I did this process with each of them one by one, starting with thanking the room for what it has provided up until now, even though it felt really weird to me, I did it, and creating intentions of how they want to feel in their rooms. And we took everything out, we decided what was needed, what was not needed, and then we brought everything back in one by one. In that process, we also rearranged the placement of their beds and many other things. My kids are happy. My husband is happy. I am happy. Furthermore, what this process did for me was open my eyes to see where else in the world there is not order where there should be. For instance, Never before had it bothered me that our synagogue was kind of neglected. The children's section was a mess, and even the shelves in the where the adults pray was also a mess with old books and torn books needing repair. Because of my positive experiences I learned with Netta, I approached the synagogue committee and asked if I could do the work there also. They were open to it, so one evening I invited a group of friends to help. Wow, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for that very first question when Netta asked me if I felt supported. And I didn't get stuck on insult or shame, but I allowed her to share her wisdom with me. What I later learned is that there is a book which Netta lent me after I was pretty much all done with this work. The book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and it's written by Marie Kondo. It's a short book, which I read within just a couple of days, and it's based on the Japanese art of decluttering and ordering, which Marie Kondo now calls the Kon-Marie method. Netta has an intuitive sense of decluttering and cleaning and enhancing spaces, and the main concepts that Marie presents in the book totally pair well and complement with Netta. But I have to say, as much as I loved reading the book, I'm not so sure the book would have had the same effect it did on me had Netta not held my hand and basically did the work with me. I do strongly, strongly recommend this book, especially if you feel your house or your work area is not in order. The book is simple, and if you implement what she writes, you will see amazing results. By the way, I believe this book has something like millions of copies sold and was translated into numerous languages. If you have never read the book, I strongly suggest you buy it or borrow it. I don't think you'll regret reading it. Yet Netta's support is not limited to the KonMari method. She also draws on years of experience with feng shui and transformational coaching and home renovation. Her kindness, her humor, and her non-judgmental nature take the weight out of what can seem like a monumental task. What I learned from Netta and later from this book was that there's a strong correlation between order and the feeling of calm. I think a lot of us may get stuck on clutter without even being aware of it. Like we're unconsciously holding on to stuff or holding on to old patterns of grasping on to things. And because of that, It causes a lack of order in our lives, and because of that, our lives are not as calm and pleasant and enjoyable as they could be. The process that I went through was kind of like a physical getting unstuck, rather than the emotional getting unstuck, which has become a part of who I am. 
So instead of getting rid of thoughts and accepting that I may not have any need for those thoughts anymore, I got rid of stuff and accepted that I may not have any need for them either. Getting rid of books, for example, that we weren't reading, clothes that we weren't wearing, shoes that we never wear, it wasn't so easy at first. But once we decluttered, our house became more light and more joyful and way, way, way easier to maintain. I mean, I feel like at this point, we have such little stuff in the house that it's almost impossible not to keep it decluttered at this point. As amazing as the book is, Netta says many people still have trouble with the process, oftentimes getting stuck in historic patterns that help cause clutter in the first place. Reading the book is one thing, but actually starting it now and putting your home and your life in order is quite another thing. The truth of the matter is, most of what I spoke about here and what I did with Netta wasn't necessarily in the book. So if you feel like your home or your office space needs some decluttering, can you just take a moment and imagine what potential your home or your office space could look like if it were decluttered? If you did take the time to get unstuck from the clutter that's in your life, can you imagine that? Can you close your eyes for a moment and just picture what that would look like and how you would feel? I know there must be many coaches out there that do this organization stuff, but the truth of the matter is, I simply don't know of any. And the truth of the matter is, I don't think I ever would have hired one because like, I don't know, I probably would have thought at the time, why would I hire someone to help me declutter the house? Like, I don't think I would have recognized the value. And now that I've done it, I truly can't recommend Netta any higher if you're looking to make such a change in your life. So Netta lives in my community in northern Israel, and she is able to work internationally even through voice and through video calling. I'm going to add her email to the show notes just in case you want to be in touch with her and you want to get unstuck from your physical clutter in your home or in your workspaces just like I did. So remember to check out the photos on my Facebook page, Shira Gura, and I think you'll really enjoy them. And of course, you'll get a glimpse of my home and my office space, which is fun. (laughs) Okay, my dear friends, that is it for today. I am wishing you a good rest of your day. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.